0: Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, Leader of the Heart. I want to welcome you to the Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Well, good morning, you guys. Hope you've been having a good week, and if you haven't, I heard Aubrey's going to take us to Cookie Crumble right after this before she goes to the airport, so <laughs> it'll be a it's going to turn into a, a good week here. Hey, if we haven't met, my name is Crystal. I'm one of the many leaders here at the heart. I get to serve on a couple of our teams, and today I'm going to get an opportunity to share with you about um, one of the seri- or messages that we have in our series called Expressions. So this message series has been really great and if you aren't familiar with how we have our messages set up here at the Heart, basically what we do is we come up with a concept and then we have a couple of messages and we go through some ideas and typically they're like four, maybe five weeks. I think we're on our 37th week right now. Um, And so, I'm just kidding. Today is the sixth message in this particular series. And what we've been doing is we've been digging in one scripture, and it's in Galatians 5, um, and it's verse 22 and 23. And so this particular scripture talks about the Holy Spirit, and it talks about what God can do in us and through us with the Holy Spirit, the fruit that is produced through that. So I want to read this for you. It says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness and action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Now sometimes when we look at this particular scripture, for me at least, talks about the Holy Spirit. and I grew up in a Baptist church, and I heard that word often, but I really didn't understand what it meant. But when we read it in this scripture, and then in a little bit, we're going to look at a story in Ezekiel. And what the scripture is referring to is... The breath of God. The wind of God. It's his presence here on earth. So when you hear that word, that is what we are looking at. And today what I want to spend time is on that faith that prevails. So in the book of Hebrews, the writer, his name is Paul, and he defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so when he's talking about this, he's not really talking so much about what faith is, but what it does. Talks about faith through works, confidence, and at the very best form, a trust. And I always had a really hard time with this idea of faith that prevails. It's almost like this heroic thought to me, right? This Faith that prevails, but it wasn't something tangible that I could see. It didn't match with my concept of reality here on earth. And even if you didn't grow up in church, maybe you've heard of Jesus, historical man that walked on earth, that died on a cross um, for your sins and mine, but sometimes it can still be difficult to grasp onto that concept because we can't see what that does. And in just a little bit, we're going to talk about this story in Ezekiel chapter 37. And my hope for you is that you can see partnered faith is so much more than what we can imagine. So when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how much this idea of faith can be a roller coaster. It's not like this apex of something that we reach, but in our lives, we may have ups and downs of faith. And we might have to cling on to faith, not just when we're in a valley, but maybe if you're going after something or you're in a relationship or you're praying through something, having to grasp onto that idea of faith. But it can be a roller coaster, and this video reminds me very much of that. That is my daughter. Her name is Makai. She is now 10, and she was not so excited when she saw that on the screen this morning, but uh, we talked about it. I got to or a game of Minecraft later, but it's fine. Everything's fine. So um, that video, it actually popped up on Facebook memories. How fun are they? But it just reminded me of this roller coaster that life can be, and especially this journey of faith when you take this chance to explore it and explore your relationship with God. And, you know, typically when I share on a Sunday, I really try to focus in on um a big message of community because that is such an important part of who we are here at the heart, but today I want you to take a little bit of time to see what God can say to you through this message, through this journey of the story that we're going to go on. So will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, be here. Amen. Quick prayer because we got a lot to go today. Um, Don't worry, I'll come to your Thanksgiving dinner and pray for you. So, um, growing up, I, like, as a little girl and then as a teenager, I did not ever have, like, these visuals of what my wedding would be. I wasn't the kid, you know, like, picking out my dress and the magazines because we didn't have Pinterest, so there were no boards. Um, But I didn't do any of that. didn't have, like, a scrapbook. My uh, thoughts of love didn't come from, like, a romantic movie or a TV series. My idea of love came from the best era and genre of music. And if love didn't look like 90s R&B, I didn't want it, right? I'm talking a little Sade. I'm talking a little Brian McKnight, Matt, you know, little Casey and Jojo all my life. That was, like my idea of music. And, you know, now that I think about it, it probably came from my mom, and she would clean and listen to Keith Sweat, and he's got a couple of songs that maybe I should not have been listening to as a child, but um, that is what I thought of when I thought of love, right? And um, when I was about 24, 25, I stepped into that. I got married um, and had very much so like a 90s R&B type of marriage uh, went to the farmers market we were in california so we tipped our toes in a little bit of the hippie stuff you know but uh... dancing in the kitchen like it was great and um... we were married from close for close to a decade and i'm gonna share with you and it's uh... out of more so almost a healed up scar versus an open wound so don't feel sorry for me or anything um, but we about three and a half years ago there was a choice that um, caused a separation in our marriage and eventually led to divorce. And um, you know through that, I think the first year of that entire journey, um, I couldn't even explain to you or think through the idea of faith, of faith pre- prevailing for me as a woman, as a mom, um, for my future, when it comes to hope and thinking through what that looked like, I just, I could not grasp that. And I was here on a Sunday. I was sitting in the seat. I was on this platform talking to you about the goodness of a God and the faith that can prevail, but I was wrecked on the inside. And I I didn't have a plan of how to put all of that back together, but what i knew is maybe if i just keep showing up somehow some way i would find hope again and through that what i started to discover was this it is the pursuit of god's presence that leads us to a prevailing faith we talked about how you know this the idea of faith there is room for doubt there is room for disbelief. And I think sometimes in church, in Christianity, we can forget that. But it is all through this book. There are so many examples of people who knew Jesus, who walked with him on this very earth, had a difficult time believing. There was this guy named Thomas when Jesus had rose back from the dead after a couple of days. He just couldn't believe it and Uh, Jesus showed him his nail-pierced hands. He had to touch them to believe. So I want to talk about that. You know, if there is anything in your life that feels heavy right now, if you came here today in the hopes or needing faith to prevail, then I want you to lay down your own strength and just explore what that idea could be if you partnered with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to talk we're going to spend most of our time in um, this book of Ezekiel. I have two Bibles. That's how much faith I need. Um, So we're going to spend our time in, in this scripture. Okay. And I'm going to read it first and then we're going to, it's going to be a whole journey. We're going to talk through it. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I need you to visual, visualize what this story is saying to you, okay? So whatever that looks like, if you need to get into a Zen pose, if you need to close your eyes, no one else can see you, just me, and I'm not going to be looking at you because I'm reading. So I just need you to think through what this looks like, okay? This is going to be the most scripture you've ever heard here at the heart, so just hang with me. God grabbed me. God's Spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain with bones. He led me around, and among them, a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached by the sun. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Master God, only you know that. He said to me, prophesy over these bones, dry bones, listen to the message of God. God the master told the dry bones, watch this, I'll bring the breath of life to you and you'll come to live. I'll attach tendons to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin, and breathe life into you. You'll come alive, and you'll realize that I am God. I prophesied just as I had been commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound and a rustling. The bones moved and came together, bone to bone. I kept watching. Tendons formed, muscle on the bones, skin stretched over them, but they had no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Tell the breath, God the master says, come from the four winds. Come, breathe, and these bodies will be slain. Breathe the breath of life in them. So I prophesied, just as he had commanded. The breath entered them, and they came alive. They stood up on their feet, a huge army. Then God said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Listen to what they're saying. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. There's nothing left for us. Therefore, prophesy. Tell them, God, the master says, I'll dig up your graves and bring you out alive, O my people. Then they'll take you straight to the land of Israel. When I dig up graves and bring you out, my people, you'll realize that I am God. I'll breathe my life into you, and you'll live. Then I'll lead you straight back to your land, and you'll realize that I am God. I've said it, and I'll do it. God's decree. That was a lot. So um, let me give you a little bit of, of background on this story, Okay this is a beautiful poetic and prophetic visual that um, god was giving to this prophet named ezekiel and what he was doing was giving him clarity uh, about israel see there was this tribe judah that had been in captivity through the babylonian babylonians um, since 586 bc and so God is sending Ezekiel and giving him this vision to tell him what he's planning for his people. And when you read this, it looks like maybe it could be one message, but there are actually three parts in this just entire um, story that I want to talk through. And when we first look at this story, um, what I saw is... This on the screen. This is what I see. Uh, Anyone know the Lion King? Elephant Grave? Yeah. Um, Every time I read this story, I have no idea, but I am so drawn to this story. I always have been. There are a lot of um, songs that, a couple of them we play here, but I am so drawn to this story. It's not like I, I grew up listening to it, but there's Something very beautiful about it to me and very vivid whenever I um, hear this story or I read through it. So the first part that I want to look at with you is I want to look at this question that God asks Ezekiel. And um, it's so funny because he has the perfect answer. It's right here. Uh, He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's all, uh, you know. I don't know." And I just thought through like, what a picture of faith sometimes, right? Like, in our own strength, we are like, "I don't know." And he puts it back on God. And that is good. That is what God wants to wants from us. He's like, "You're right. You cannot do this. your own or in your own strength and so that is something that god is willingly taking on and he tells him yes yes they can live and this is what i need you to do i need you to prophesy over these bones and that word prophesy at the the very fundamental aspect of it it just means a message from God, right? And in the Old Testament, there were prophets and they would bring this message to God. And then in the New Testament, when Jesus died and rose again, we had this new covenant where we can go to God with our prayers and our hurts and our pain. So that was the first part that I just love because it was such a real answer. He's like, I don't know. So he tells him to prophesy over the bones, right? And, um, I love this part, too. It says whenever he, whenever he prophesies over the bones, he tells them to get up. They do. And in this time, whenever an army would die, at, or whenever, yes, like an army or anyone would die in battle, the bones were just scattered. It wasn't like they were intact, right? So Thomas's ankle bone is over here, and then his skull's over here, and Sally's clavicles here and her patella that's a bone right yep over there so it's not like they just were you know dead flesh everything and then just came to life these bones had to come together and that's what God does with us right when he puts us back together he does it in a perfect way and I just think that is incredible because sometimes we feel so scattered in that search of a prevailing faith, we feel dry, like dry bones, and when you look into the context of this particular story, that imagery of dry bones, it's talking about who they are at the core. This whole thing is about the people of Israel and the hope that they had lost, right, and so after that um, after that portion of the bones coming back together, he says that they're standing a great army, but there is no life in them. Can you imagine this? Like, I just think of Ezekiel, you know, he tells them like, bones get back together, and all these bones are, are coming back together, and then they're standing as an army. I feel like he'd be like, what next? You know, like, okay, what's going on? Um, at least I would be, that would be crazy. So, he tells them to prophesy again, and um, this is the part where you know he tells them to breathe. He tells him to breathe the breath into him. He said to me, "Prophesy to the breath. Proph- prophesy, son of man. Tell the breath. God, the master says, come from the four winds. Come, breath. Breathe on these slain bodies. Breathe life. So I prophesied, just as he had commanded to me. The breath entered them, and they came alive." They stood up on their feet, a huge army. So when I think about that and I think about this idea of how sometimes we entered this phase of life um, and we're having doubts with our faith, right, what God can still do through that. And I wrote this down for you. I said, having doubts when it comes to your faith is not destructive. Having doubts can be the starting point of discovery. It's that idea where... We can't do it on our own, but whenever we call in the Spirit of God, whenever we spend time in his presence, that can be the discovery of our faith. It's this idea of a partnered faith. So um, I want to look at just the last part of this story. It's kind of the the heavier part that, for me, I really resonate with. And it's the portion of... um, what happens when this army comes alive. I'm gonna read it again. Then God said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Listen to what they're saying. Our bones are dried up, our hope is gone. There's nothing left of us. So these people had just experienced a miracle, be it in a vision um, or Ezekiel being there. There is a, a miracle, they came back to life and Rejoicing is not the first thing that happened, right? It says right here their response was our bones are dried up, our hope is gone. There's nothing left of us. And so sometimes even when we're on this journey of watching our faith unfold, we can find ourselves in a part of our story that does not feel familiar. Have you ever have you ever been there? Have you ever maybe um, come out of a season of life where you're able to talk through scars versus an open wound like I talked about earlier, but you don't feel like you're in a familiar place, and it's not where you want to be? That's what these people are saying right after witnessing this incredible miracle. I do not judge them for that because I can see exactly what that feels like. I know for myself, I am so thankful for the life that I have, um, and I'm learning to walk through what that looks like on my own and with my daughter, and my ex-husband is a a great father, um, but life looks very different for me, and um, it's not where I had imagined myself to be at this point in my life. It's not where I wanted to be at this point in my life. Um, it's certainly not my r and love song. And so what do you do when you're expecting faith to look different and you land in a season that looks different for you? You don't rely on yourself. You rely on God to work in you and through you. You know that it's not your responsibility to breathe that life back in yourself. This last part, he says, Therefore prophesy. Tell them, God the master says, I'll dig up your graves and bring you out alive, O my people. Then I'll take you straight to the land of Israel. When I dig up graves and bring you out as my people, you'll realize that I am God. I'll breathe my life into you and you'll live. Then I'll lead you straight back to your land and you'll realize that I am God. I've said it and I'll do it, God's decree. Prompted faith will push you towards hope. Partnered faith allows you to overcome. That's what they saw, and that's what he says. So I don't know where you are in life right now, but I know if you can allow yourself to explore through the doubt, allow yourself to step into maybe a relationship with Jesus for the first time or really for the first time in a long time he'll lead you through that journey and it will be messy and gritty because faith isn't always the straight and narrow walk it's not laid with rainbows and sunshine as much as we all wish it could be it tells us story after story after story about faith with Jesus and um, this relationship with Jesus can take a lot of work, and I think sometimes we forget that. Um, I know there are times that I want to forget that, right? I step in and I think, well, I'm doing all the right things, what I've told, been told that I should do, so why doesn't this look different for me or those around me? And there's nothing in this book that says it will be a perfect walk. It just says that you'll have a partner alongside you. And sometimes that's difficult to consume. But that's okay. That's okay. So my hope for you today through the story that we just walked through is that you'll remember faith can prevail. It's through an expression. It's through the Holy Spirit. It's through this Father that loves you and says he'll be beside you. And from my own experience, I believe that to be true. But that is definitely something that you have to explore for yourself. I really um, get so excited every Sunday when I get to see the faces here in the seat. I am reminded that I'm not alone. And some of you share your stories with us. And um, it's just such a a beautiful reminder to me of why we come together on a Sunday and how we can explore our faith and how we can explore relationship with each other. And so keep showing up, even if you don't know what that's going to look like. I just challenge you to keep showing up, even when it's difficult. I'm going to pray for us. Will you join me? This is going to be longer. Get ready. Father, I thank you for a strength that's there in our midst of weaknesses. I thank you for a partnered faith when we feel full of doubt, when we feel full of pain, when we feel like there's no hope, that you bring your spirit right to us, that you breathe a breath of life. That you surround us with huge armies. God, I pray that through all of it, we would feel a powerful presence as we walk into this week. I feel that we, I pray that we can express that presence so that others can see it as well, and that they can have hope and a faith that will prevail. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheartchurch/next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.